Well, hello, it's Darren Clarkson Podcast. You guys know the drill. You used to start, didn't it, by saying Dan Clarkson Podcast, but like what a kayakabist in the Himalayas, now in North Wales in Snowdonia. But you guys know, no longer in the Himalaya. COVID, back in Britain. No longer in North Wales, now. North Yorkshire, East Riding Border, on the banks of the river there, which some people think, oh, you're a whitewater uh, paddler. Why are you on the flat section of the air? It's tidal where I am. But I get kingfishers. I get roe deer. It's all right. I get loads of birds. They get like kites and buzzards and egrets and all those sort of things. Doing this podcast, those that listen to me regularly will know. I've just got a cup of tea or coffee on the go. Got a cup of tea today. All right. In a mug that someone gave me for a secret Santa. It's got my face on one side, and on the back it says, Don't touch me, I'm famous. So if you're slurping, it's me drinking my tea. Ah, like that. Just realised I left a tea bag in. Not going to take it out, I'll deal with that. Uh, if you're listening to this for the first time, or you'll realise that the audio can be a bit shocking. I know, deal with it. I haven't plugged the mic in. I've had a mic for months. It's in a box. Let's deal with that. Right. Those of you, let's get on with this podcast. We're going to talk about, like, loads of different stuff early. But stories, if we're going to put this into, like, a, a heading. It's going to be called stories, I think. Stories kind of make us who we are, don't they? Now, for me, my two main passions in life apart from family and lovers and all that malarkey, you know, over the years. My two main passions in life are whitewater kayaking and running. The former I've done for donkey's years. The latter is relatively new and I used to hate it and I now quite enjoy it. And I've run quite a lot. And I do 5k, 10k, 20k, 40k, 50k, building up to 100k yeah, events. And what I get out of that running is very similar to what I get out of kayaking, in as much as I can push my body until it falls to pieces. Uh, there's a little bit less chance of death, I think, with ultra running. Uh, and a lot more chance of eating gloopy gels, which are minging, and I try and eat cheese and pickle sandwiches. Excuse me. Over the weekend, I joined the running group for the first I don't run with a lot of people. But I joined a running group in Leeds called the Recovery Runners. It's a running group set up to help people with addiction. Help people that are going through trauma. Coming at the back of trauma, really. Help people that are rebuilding. And for yours, those of you that sort of know me through the podcast, or through socials, or even in person, you'll know that I've been diagnosed with PTSD. You'll know that life's been really hard. Not all the time. Life's been really good. But life has had its hard parts. I mean, you know those hard parts where you're in the bottom of a hole and you can't get out? And those hard parts where smooth throws you a rope and you don't want to climb up with it. Or you give you a ladder and you don't want to use it. And it's, you only really get help when somebody jumps in that hole with you and sits with you until you work out how to get out. Yeah, that's sort of hard. But there's probably another podcast on that. Uh, and if there isn't, I'll probably do one at some point. But I thought I'd talk a bit about addiction and recovery. But as stories, not as a bleeding heart, kind of hear me out. Excuse me. Unlike a lot of podcasts, I've actually got some notes written on a bit of paper here. 
so just bear with me. Addiction, guys. Right, it's not what we think. You know, it's not always tied to drugs or booze or sex, any of that. It can be. We can be addicted to our emotions, and we can be addicted to sort of the folly of chasing the rainbows. And at the end of the rainbows, there's that dopamine fix. And I think we have to be careful in adventure sports. When we get to a certain level, our sort of our emotions chase that dopamine fix, or perhaps we call it adrenaline, or, or whatever it may be. We sort of keep chasing and chasing and chasing and chasing. And for me, I sacrificed a lot in order that I'd be able to go travelling. I was quite enjoying it. And I still do. You know, and the thing is, when our emotions are the are driving factors, when we're not separate for our, our emotions and we become addicted to the bounce back from those emotions, it's really hard to sort of get out of it it's really hard to get to that say class five river that you've run a thousand times and the first time you ran it you had butterflies in your stomach and you nearly vomited and the second time it got less and less and less and less and less to be running it years down the line as if it's a class two still chasing the hit of the adrenaline of the emotional spike from earlier and it's really difficult to get to that rapid and run it and get the same pleasure out of it or the same spike out of it. It's also really difficult to walk around it, even though you know at a certain level that your emotions are the guiding sort of arc of your choices there. It's not really about your skill. It's not about your line choices. It's about your emotions chasing a dopamine hit. And that's really tricky. Yeah. Some of you know that, excuse me, oh, my cup of tea is just so hot, I've just seen the glasses up. Some of you will know that with my PTSD diagnosis, I had what we'd call a breakdown or anxiety attacks and stuff like that. And I couldn't even paddled class two. For those of you listening uh, that paddle the D, you'll know the section from the mill site, the last wave of the mill site goes down to us town falls and it's relatively flat. There's a little sort of weary surf wave on it, relatively flat. And I remember a couple of days before my lowest point, I couldn't actually paddle from that wave to town. I couldn't do it. My body shut down and I couldn't actually do it. I just floated it. Uh, shaking and a bit of a mess. And I got down Town Falls on instinct, uh, a couple of hard braces, and got to the takeout in a pretty bad way. Now, that's because my emotional regulation had sort of failed. And my, I think, I mean, I don't know, but I think my body and my brain had taken so many years of sort of being pounded in isolated gorges. But I'm back now, and I'm back paddling pretty well, and I've been for quite a while. Which explains, for some people that listen, why... Excuse me. 
why the film Solitude is taking a bit longer to film than we expected. A, because we've had COVID lockdowns, we're not able to get out, and B, because sometimes you've just got to take a step back. But we're back on it, and that's good, isn't it? Like I say, over the weekend, joined recovery runners. Went for, went for a run with these guys, and these guys look like people that are addicts, and these recovering addicts, and people dealing with trauma, and people coming back from cancer, and people coming back from all sorts. It's a really nice community. Really supportive community. It's in Leeds Docks, if you care. And what was nice about it is the fact that it tied in a beautiful paddle. I did a few months ago now. I paddled down the air under the dark arches. Dark arches, for those that care, is back in the 60s, I imagine, early 70s. It was the den, a den of iniquity. Is that a word? The den of iniquity? You know, like, a wretched hive of scum and villainy, as old Ben would say. It's sort of place that, you know, if you put a foot wrong, you'd wear concrete overcoats and be pushed in the river. But the puzzle through there is actually quite, you know, quite joyous, really. It's got a lot of history through Leeds. And the run's got a lot of history, and it's nice to see that living and breathing. And it's nice to sort of go back to my childhood. And it got me thinking, do we have, in sort of our kayak world, do we have a space for emotional recovery? How do we deal with emotional recovery? Because it's a really high adrenaline sport. And I don't care if you're paddling class two, or class three, class four, class five, you're in more expeditions, or you're on the D in North Wales, or you're on the T's in the North, or the Dart in the South, I don't care where you are. There's a certain level of adrenaline and a certain level of dopamine that is fueling your adventures. And how do we come back from that? For example, if we have a weekend away paddling with our peers, for example, and we're all full of adrenaline, how do we recover Monday morning when we're back in the office? Do we crave the weekend again? Like some meth addict scrabbling under a fridge for loose change in order to go and buy the next hit. Do we keep searching online for videos that'll keep our adrenaline levels topped up? You know? It interests me. It interests me that come Wednesday or Thursday, people are looking again for where to go on their weekend adventures. If you're the kind of person that works Monday to Friday. I've never been one of those people. And then again, and again, you go and you explore, you build up that anticipation builds from sort of Thursday into Friday. You might load your car Friday night and drive into the hills, the valleys. You might check gauges with heart fluttering anticipation you look at weather forecasts in order that you can get your next fix there's quite a lot of similarities isn't there to addiction emotional regulation how we deal with our emotions and spikes because i know and you do too 
that come Monday morning, you feel like crap. If you've paddled all weekend and you've paddled really well, you feel like shit. I know when I do a good long run, that the day later, I feel like death. My body shuts down, my adrenaline has gone. All the pleasure senses of the brain are sort of melting away. And I crave it again. Even though my legs work when I do it, and the fact of me even doing the 5K hurts. Same with, same with paddling. I come off a big expedition, and I've, I've seen it happen to myself, and I've witnessed it time and time again. I come off a big expedition, and my body starts to close down mentally, but physically rather, not mentally. My body closes down physically, you know, like I get hunched, my muscles get tired. My brain starts to, I won't say malfunction, but it doesn't want to perform like it should. Because it's had a period of intense stress and trauma placed on it. And it has to process all that. Even short times of paddling, the short section maybe in the Fairy Glen in North Wales pre-breakfast, matters to the rest of the day. We know you get back after a quick Glen lap to a breakfast and a coffee. And what you've done there and the adrenaline spikes you've had or you've been chasing affect how the rest of your day pans out. It's interesting that. Really interesting. I mean, a couple of days ago, I got a WhatsApp message from the far side of the globe. Ecuador, I think. Is that the far side from us? Kind of, isn't it? Yeah, message, socials message from South and Monty and uh, a friend of mine, Nathan. And they'd been chatting in the bars over there and they heard conversations, and conversation was told about me. I wasn't there, but my stories of the stuff I've paddled were being retold. Sal told me about this, and obviously, it's quite nice to get your ego massaged that way, and you know, your, your head begins to swell. And I mean, if it swells too much, I'm like a sniper's bloody dream, as Bob Mortimer would say. You know, the head will get so big, it'd be an easy target. But having that ego massage makes me also question why it really matters, the stuff I've paddled. And it takes me back to the emotions of all those trips they were talking about. I know that the, when you tell a story, you kind of leave out the bad bits and you just tell the good stuff. We've all got stories. Because stories are what make us. But we don't necessarily talk about the emotions that drag us down. The parts of the story where we're in the feet opposition rocking are the parts of the stories where we're just staring into mid-distance on a Monday morning not really able to function properly at work and daydreaming in meetings because we arc back to that stuff we did on the Saturday or the Sunday or the holiday we had. We don't talk about those things. The stories really matter. And as I'm getting older, I'm piecing these stories together, like I've just said, piecing together the runners, the recovery runners at Leeds Dock to the story of kayaking down the air where we took out at Leeds Dock on a river that I never dreamt of paddling when I was a child. Because if it was good enough, 
and then I've been paddling the tees today with two guys I've never really paddled with before. Yeah, yeah, I've done podcasts on this about Asian paddle with strangers. I get it. It's been really fun. And why has it been fun? Because one of the lads, I didn't remember him, but he was at the canoe club that I was at, and I actually taught him how to paddle. And I was a nipper. And we paddled together, and we spoke about common friends from 20 years ago. We looked at the birds in the trees, the buzzards. We surfed some waves. We had Snickers and Fanta. We told really bad jokes. You know, like the fact that I've taken all my German friends off my, uh, out of my phone now, out of my address book on my phone. Yeah. My phone's hands-free. You know, th- those sort of jokes. And I went for a run, and it was nice, and it was pleasurable. But stories matter. And they asked me to tell stories about the stuff I've been up to over the last decade or more. And I asked them to tell me stories. But the stories they told me, they didn't think were exciting. Stories I'm telling them about paddling in Pakistan or Tibet or Bhutan, Nepal, India, Thailand, Morocco, Alaska. Sound really exciting. Get putting your boats on float planes. Sound exciting. I don't mention all those times when you're coppering up to buy that food on the trip because you're skinting your sleeping beaches, not out of choice but out of necessity. You know, you're staying in four dollar hotel rooms in the middle of Kathmandu or finding the cheapest hotel in Pagans in Delhi because you literally don't have enough dollars in your rupees or dollars in your wallet to do anything but that. And I think that's when emotion or regulation sort of matters when you're young and you're stupid. Not stupid, when you're young and chasing stupid. It's just stupidity. It's funny, isn't it? When I was young, I never thought I was stupid. Maybe reckless, but when I was stupid, not in that way. I made choices to tra- to sort of chase a dopamine to chase the ever never ending sort of search for something new, and I sacrificed a lot of stuff in order to do that. And a lot of the stuff I, ch- I sacrificed was, you know, having enough money in my wallet to be honest. Uh, when I was younger, much younger than I am now. You know, I think the Beatles were a song about being much younger, younger than today. You know, you don't need anybody's help in any way. Right, I've waffled on a bit. But my point I was getting at, I think I've, I've said a few times, and I'll, I'll keep revisiting. We have to be really careful about our emotional regulation uh, and how we as communities and friends and peers check in on each other. Because if you've done a big weekend or you've done a big river trip or you've done a big expedition, you are going to suffer the sort of waves uh, where your emotions try to find a baseline afterwards. I think that's pretty normal. And, uh, I know lots of people that struggle uh, with that. Uh, they can't quite regulate their emotions afterwards and they get depressed. And they maybe comfort eat, or they don't want to kayak anymore, or they don't want to do the activities that they normally do. Or they just drip feed in <laughs> things to help them with their fix of the next adventure. They watch YouTube clips, they watch Netflix clips. They phone their friends, they check weather forecasts, they check river gauges. 
they buy stuff. They buy stuff they might not necessarily need in the hope that it'll help them with their emotional regulation. Right, 20 minutes that. You enjoyed that. You know the drill. If people can buy me a coffee, uh, somebody, some of you guys have been amazing and you've actually bought me coffees on the river and that's been absolutely blooming marvellous. Blooming marvellous, yeah. So thank you for that. And uh, if you've got any questions, any points you want to raise, you can bang them in the comments on Podbean, you can bang them in the comments on socials, and I'll talk about them. And I'll even message you in private. I'm okay with all this stuff. I'm okay going into more detail on this stuff. I don't do it necessarily in podcast form because people might not want to hear it. And for some people, it's triggers. But I'm happy to talk about it. If, if, when, when, when regulations open way more, people are comfortable. I will come to canoe clubs. I will come to venues and I will start lecture tours again. Because I miss talking to people about adventures. The last lecture tour I did was a few months back for Black Dog Outdoors mental health charity about adventure that was really good i got some scout adventure talks coming up and these are beavers and cubs and scout stuff so if you're involved in scouting and you want a scout adventure to come and play games with your kids and talk about adventure and talk about how you don't have to travel around the world to find fun and games and adventure again drop me a message we can talk about getting it sorted Right, thank you all for listening. I have really enjoyed this, and I really do hope that you are listening. If not, I've just spent 20 minutes talking to myself. And, yeah, it's all going to work out in the end, gang. I've had a cracking day on the water. I've still in my thermals, and, and my wet gear still in my car, and my trainers are still wet from yesterday. It's been awesome, and thank you so much. I'm going to have another cup of tea now. I might take this tea bag out. Right, cheerio.